Welcome back to your daily QE News Briefing. This is Daniel English. In the midst of the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas, the situation at Gaza's main hospital, Al-Shifa, has taken a dramatic turn. The director of the hospital reported that Israel's army had ordered the evacuation of over 2,000 patients, medics, and displaced individuals who found themselves trapped in the crossfire of the war. The evacuation, which took place on foot, saw columns of sick and injured people, including amputees, making their way towards the seafront. The perilous journey was marked by the sounds of explosions around the hospital, and an AFP journalist reported encountering at least 15 bodies along the route, some in advanced stages of decomposition. The chaotic scene unfolded without the aid of ambulances, as Israeli drones buzzed overhead. The Hamas-run health ministry stated that 120 wounded individuals, along with premature babies, remained at Al-Shifa Hospital, which has become a focal point in the seven-week war triggered by Hamas's attacks on Israel. Israel, on the other hand, has been conducting military operations within the hospital, claiming to be searching for a Hamas operations center allegedly located beneath the complex. This charge is vehemently denied by Hamas. Israel, having vowed to destroy Hamas in response to the October 7th attacks, has faced international scrutiny for the high civilian toll, with Israeli officials reporting about 1,200 casualties, most of them civilians, in southern Israel. The conflict, characterized by relentless air and ground campaigns, has reportedly claimed the lives of 12,000 people, including 5,000 children, according to the Hamas government. In Gaza City, Israeli troops ordered the evacuation of Al-Shifa Hospital through loudspeakers, a move that the army later denied, asserting that it had acceded to the hospital director's request to facilitate the evacuation of additional Gazans who wished to leave. The broader context of the conflict paints a dire picture for civilians in Gaza. Israel has urged Palestinians to move from the north for safety, but airstrikes continue to hit central and southern areas. The blockade imposed by Israel on Gaza has limited the flow of aid, raising concerns about a potential humanitarian crisis. Reports indicate that over 1.6 million people in Gaza have been internally displaced and more than half of the hospitals are no longer functional due to combat, damage or shortages. The situation is further exacerbated by fuel shortages, causing a two-day blackout that ended only when the first fuel delivery arrived from Egypt. The United Nations has warned that no part of Gaza is safe, with 70% of residents lacking access to clean water in the south, where raw sewage has started to flow in the streets. As international pressure mounts for a ceasefire, the United Nations Agency for Palestinian Refugees, UNRBWA, continues to plead for humanitarian assistance. Israel's recent decision to allow a limited daily supply of fuel from Egypt may alleviate some challenges, but concerns persist about meeting the minimum requirements for hospitals, water and sanitation facilities. 
In the latest tragic incident, a residential building in the southern city of Hamad was struck, resulting in the death of 26 people. The director of NASA Hospital in Khan Yunis recounted a horrifying scene of multiple bombs being dropped, with human remains scattered and survivors desperately seeking help. The conflict's toll extends beyond the immediate violence, with reports of hostages, ongoing negotiations for their release, and the discovery of bodies near the hospital complex. Amidst this turmoil, thousands of people waving Israeli flags and demanding the release of hostages marched towards Jerusalem on the fifth and final day of a protest. The situation in Gaza remains critical, with civilians caught in the crossfire and facing multiple humanitarian challenges. International efforts are needed to address the immediate needs of the population and to work towards a lasting resolution to the conflict. Also, Israeli soldiers have located the body of Yehudit Weiss, a 64-year-old woman who was abducted by Hamas on October 7th. The Israel Defense Forces, IDF, announced the grim discovery near Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. Yehudit Weiss, who worked in a kindergarten on Kibbutz Beheri, was found murdered, and her husband, Shmulik Weiss, was previously discovered killed in their home's safe room during the Hamas terrorists' killing spree. The 7th Armored Brigade's 603rd Battalion found Yehudit Weiss's body alongside Hamas military equipment, including assault rifles and RPGs, in a building adjacent to the hospital. The IDF brought the body back to Israel for identification, expressing condolences to the family and emphasizing the national mission to locate missing individuals and return hostages home. Yehudit Weiss, a mother of five undergoing cancer treatment when abducted, worked with children in her kibbutz kindergarten. The IDF did not provide details on the cause of her death or the exact timing of the incident. Simultaneously, a second Gaza hospital, Al-Ahli Hospital, became a battleground between Israel and Hamas, according to the Palestinian Red Crescent Society. The IDF claimed the hospital sites above a Hamas command center and revealed the discovery of an operational tunnel shaft and a vehicle containing numerous weapons during a raid. Israel had previously linked hostages to information and footage found on a laptop at Al-Shifa Hospital. The discovery at Al-Ahli Hospital unfolded amid ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Troops successfully thwarted a potential attack by three Hamas terrorists armed with guns and axes at a border crossing near Bethlehem on the West Bank. In the encounter, CPL Avraham Fatena, 20, lost his life, and five others sustained injuries, preventing what could have been another tragic event. The situation in the Gaza Strip is extremely dire, with Israel issuing warnings for residents in the southern city of Khan Yunis to relocate westward, potentially worsening the humanitarian crisis. The warning is part of Israel's plan to target Hamas in southern Gaza after dealing with the north. The conflict has led to the destruction of much of Gaza City, the depopulation of the northern half of the enclave, and the displacement of two-thirds of its 2.3 million Palestinians.
Israel has vowed to annihilate Hamas, blaming them for attacks into Israel. The latest warning for Khan Yunis indicates a potential military operation there. International calls for a ceasefire or humanitarian pauses have not halted the conflict. The death toll, especially among civilians and children, continues to rise, with Gaza health authorities reporting over 12,000 deaths, including 5,000 children. Israel dropped leaflets over Khan Yunis, urging evacuation to shelters. The goal is to move civilians away from potential crossfire and closer to humanitarian aid. The western areas, closer to the Rafah border crossing with Egypt, are seen as safer and more accessible for aid delivery. Despite warnings of starvation and disease due to a siege, Israel agreed to allow fuel trucks into Gaza, addressing some immediate needs. The international community is pressuring for increased aid, emphasizing the deteriorating humanitarian conditions. Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza reported the death of a premature baby, and Hamas announced the death of a captive from Israel, an 85-year-old who allegedly died of a panic attack during an airstrike. In addition to the Gaza situation, violence flared in the occupied West Bank, where Israeli strikes killed at least five Palestinians. The conflict has broader regional implications, as Russia facilitated the evacuation of 170 Russian citizens from Gaza into Egypt. The situation remains highly complex and volatile, with no immediate resolution in sight. To northern Israel, Hezbollah and Israel engaged in a tense exchange of rocket and missile fire in areas near the Lebanese-Israeli border on Saturday, marking the latest escalation of violence in a region already on edge. The clash raises concerns internationally, particularly in the United States, about the potential for the conflict to spiral further in the already volatile Middle East. The Iran-backed Hezbollah claimed to have shot down an Israeli drone near the border in the early hours of Saturday. In response, Israel's military asserted that it intercepted a missile fired at one of its drones. The conflicting statements make it challenging to independently verify the events. Lebanese officials reported an Israeli airstrike on a building in an industrial area near the town of Nabatieh marking one of the deepest Israeli strikes inside Lebanese territory since the recent conflict began. As of the time of this report, the Israeli military had not provided immediate comments on the incident. Lawmaker Hani Kabaisi shared a video online, visiting the site and identifying it as an aluminum supply store that had been targeted by Israeli bombing. Hezbollah released a series of statements on Saturday, claiming to have struck Israeli military sites and troops along the border, causing casualties. The ongoing violence is considered a spillover from Israel's conflict with the Palestinian militant group Hamas in the Gaza Strip. The latest Gaza war, initiated by Hamas's attacks on Israeli towns on October 7th, has resulted in significant casualties on both sides. Hezbollah has been actively engaging Israeli troops at the Lebanese border since the onset of the Gaza conflict, prompting Israel to respond with air and artillery strikes in southern Lebanon. 
The toll from this violence includes over 70 Hezbollah fighters and 10 civilians killed, with at least 10 Israelis, predominantly soldiers, losing their lives. This represents the deadliest violence between the two sides since the 2006 war. International concerns are mounting over the potential escalation of the conflict and its broader implications. Western officials fear that the rising tensions could draw regional powers like Iran and the United States further into the conflict, exacerbating an already complex geopolitical landscape. The situation underscores the urgent need for diplomatic efforts to de-escalate tensions and prevent the conflict from spiraling into a broader and more devastating regional confrontation. In other news, March 2022 was the time a senior software engineer at a gaming company in Singapore found themselves unwittingly entangled in a complex web of international intrigue. The engineer, seeking better prospects due to the challenging situation at their current company, Sky Mavis, makers of the popular play-to-earn game Axie Infinity, received what seemed to be a promising job offer. Little did they know that clicking on a seemingly innocent PDF would set off a chain of events leading to one of the most significant heists in history, not just in the realm of cryptocurrency, but in any field. The PDF, supposedly containing salary details for the job offer, was a fake meticulously crafted by North Korean hackers. With this malicious ploy, they gained access to Sky Mavis's private keys, the cryptographic access codes crucial for controlling the company's cryptocurrency accounts. In a swift move, the hackers siphoned off approximately $600 million in cryptocurrency, marking a colossal breach that echoed the growing trend of North Korea turning to cybercrime, particularly cryptocurrency theft, as a primary source of income. This strategic shift can be traced back to 2017 when North Korea faced unprecedented challenges in securing foreign currency. International sanctions imposed in response to leader Kim Jong-un's provocative missile tests severely limited the country's ability to engage in traditional trade. The United Nations aimed to cut off North Korea's access to foreign currency, making it more challenging for the regime to fund its nuclear weapons and missile programs. Faced with this financial blockade, North Korea turned to unconventional methods to generate income. One such method involved trading coal, a resource the country has in abundance. Ships carrying North Korean coal would disappear off the map, only to reappear later, having engaged in ship-to-ship -ship transfers, potentially sidestepping sanctions and trading with countries like Russia and China. Smuggling illegal goods, including heroin, methamphetamines, gold bars, and guns, through their embassies became another avenue for income. Additionally, North Korean citizens were sent abroad to work in high-paying industries, with their earnings sent back to the government. However, these schemes proved challenging to maintain and yielded relatively modest returns. Seeking more lucrative opportunities, North Korea turned to cybercrime, with a particular focus on cryptocurrency theft. The infamous WannaCree virus, developed in 2017, marked one of their early attempts to raise revenue through cybercrime. While not as financially successful as hoped, 
it laid the groundwork for a more significant and sustained effort to exploit the vulnerabilities of cryptocurrency exchanges. Cryptocurrency exchanges, unlike traditional banks, operate in a largely unregulated and often insecure environment. The absence of robust security measures made them susceptible to North Korea's hacking activities. Senior employees at these exchanges became unwitting targets, lured by fake job offers. Once inside, North Korean hackers executed heists, amassing staggering sums of money. In 2022, North Korea's hacking gang was responsible for half of all cryptocurrency theft globally, raking in an astonishing $1.65 billion. This sum surpassed the global revenue from ransomware, making cryptocurrency theft North Korea's primary form of foreign currency income. The influx of funds enabled Kim Jong-un to escalate missile launch tests, conducting 121 rockets tests in 15 months. The situation has raised concerns about the potential sale of North Korean weapons to other nations, with speculation that Kim may be supporting Russia's war in Ukraine. This shift in strategy poses significant challenges to global security, as cryptocurrency exchanges remain vulnerable to exploitation. The current lack of a comprehensive plan to address these vulnerabilities underscores the urgent need for regulatory measures and enhanced security protocols in the cryptocurrency space. As North Korea continues to exploit the unregulated nature of cryptocurrency exchanges, the international community must devise effective strategies to curb cybercriminal activities, safeguard financial systems, and mitigate the potential repercussions of nations financing illicit activities through digital means. The aftermath of a magnitude 6.7 earthquake that struck the southern Philippines on Friday has resulted in a death toll of six, with authorities still searching for two missing individuals, according to local disaster officials. The offshore quake occurred off Mindanao Island at a depth of 60k mom affecting the provinces of Sarangani and Davao Occidental. Agrippino Dacera, the disaster office chief of General Santos City in the province of South Cotabato, reported three deaths in the area. A couple lost their lives when a concrete wall collapsed on them, and another woman died in a shopping mall. In Sarangani province, near the epicenter, at least two people died and rescuers are actively searching for two others missing due to a landslide. In Davao Occidental Province, a 78-year-old man lost his life after being crushed by a rock. While power supply has been restored and most roads are passable, reports indicate minor damage to homes and buildings. The earthquake struck offshore at the southern tip of the Philippines, off the provinces of Sarangani and Davao Occidental, at a depth of 60 km, according to the German Research Center for Geosciences. The Philippines, located within the Pacific Ring of Fire, is prone to volcanic activity and earthquakes. The recent seismic event underscores the ongoing vulnerability of the region to natural disasters, prompting local authorities to remain vigilant and responsive in managing the aftermath. In response to a surge in undocumented migrants entering Finland, the country has decided to close four crossing points on its long border with Russia. Finnish Prime Minister Petteri Orpo and Interior Minister Mari Rantanen 
announced the closure of the southeastern crossing points, Imatra, Nirala, Nuijamaya, and Vaalima, effective midnight on Friday. This move is aimed at stemming the flow of Middle Eastern and African migrants, with Finland accusing Moscow of facilitating their passage in recent months. The 1,340-kilometer Finland-Russia land border serves as the European Union's external frontier, mostly traversing thick forests in the south to the rugged landscape in the Arctic north. Finnish authorities cited a change in the operations of Russian border authorities, pointing to dozens of migrants arriving without proper documentation and allegedly being aided by Russian authorities in reaching the heavily controlled border zone. The Finnish border guard reported that Russia had started allowing undocumented travelers access to the border zone, where they could request asylum in Finland. Migrants, mainly from Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Turkey, and Somalia, reportedly arrived on bicycles provided and sold to them, using Russia as a transit country to enter Finland and the EU. Since September, approximately 280 third-country migrants have arrived in Finland from Russia. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen condemned Russia's instrumentalization of migrants, expressing support for Finland's measures to protect European borders. Finnish President Sauli Ninisto linked Russia's actions to Finland's NATO membership in April, noting the need to be prepared for potential retaliation. The closure of border crossings comes amid escalating tensions, with Finland recently concluding a new bilateral defense agreement with the United States. In response to Finland's decision, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov expressed regret, stating that Russia deeply regretted Finland's deliberate distancing from their previously good bilateral relations. Meanwhile, neighboring Norway and Estonia are closely monitoring their borders with Russia, with Estonia stating its readiness to close all border crossing points if necessary. The situation reflects broader geopolitical implications as countries navigate the challenges of migration and strained international relations. Thank you for your time, and thank you for listening to QE News. Enjoy the rest of your day.